Your Health with Dr. Jill, a weekly conversation about health topics with Dr. Jill Valerius. Hey, good morning, Dr. Jill. Good morning, Lee. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm well, thank you. Okay, so we talked about fiber last week, and we had a little bit more to discuss about it, and then we thought we would talk about one of the things that happens when you don't get enough fiber. So, <laughs> one of many things. One of many things. So, but probably the most con- yeah constipation, the most common. But to finish up, you know, we we kind of ended last week talking about prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics. And so, I want to talk a little bit about microbial diversity. The other words you hear are like gut microbiome, probably most commonly. So we rely on these microbes, as we talked about last week, like they help us produce short-chain fatty acids, which help heal our our gut lining, help create acidity so that we have promotion of good bacteria versus overgrowth of bad things. That, in turn, helps balance our immune system. These bugs actually help us detox things and eliminate, whether it be you know, toxins, overt toxins in our diet, but also things like especially, you know, for both men and women, we rely on our gut microbiome to help us process and eliminate like hormones. Like if people have estrogen excess, which can happen in men and women, a lot of times we may be lacking in our, in the right gut microbes. So we're unable to eliminate estrogen. So that's a That's a common thing that I see. The other thing that those gut microbes do for us, especially down in the colon, are activate and create vitamins. We rely on them for a lot of our B vitamins, which we've talked about quite some time in the past when we went through all the vitamins. Okay. So, yeah, to support these, like these bacteria, the healthy ones don't survive without fiber. Okay, so the ones we want in our body because they help us, need fiber. They need fiber. Right. And so it it goes back to that evolution thing of we evolved eating a lot of fiber and our system optimized with these bacteria who digested the fiber and they, in turn, because they're getting this ride, give us vitamins or other useful things. Right. We, We feed them, they feed us. Okay. Like really to think about. One of the best ways to increase the diversity of our gut is eating more fiber. I would add, in addition to fermented foods as well, will also help, or probiotics, but eating fiber will increase the diversity of our gut. And we want a plentiful and abundant diversity of microbes in our gut. That's important. When we get into imbalance, that's when we start using terms like dysbiosis. So now we have an imbalance of microbes in our gut. So when we get into things like dysbiosis, you know, people, people are sick. You know, that can play a role like in ulcerative colitis. Dysbiosis can happen post-antibiotics, post-viral gastroenteritis or food poisoning that can happen. Some dysbiosis can happen where we actually get some pathologic bacteria basically back up, if you will, in our system and translocate into the small intestine. That's where we can get some small intestinal 
overgrowth. And then people get really full and bloaty after they eat. It's because some of those, those normal bacteria that we have in our colon, if they end up back in our small bowel, well, if they start processing things there, that's when like you get really bloated and feel crummy and get full fast. So, so dysbiosis or that imbalance is, is it's real. Okay. And, and super important to try to avoid that because that, that's a whole thing. And to get back into balance again, it's slowly feeding the gut bacteria and eating probiotics? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and making sure bowels are moving and those kind of things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and if we get into that, that would be a cool conversation for us to have. But there are different herbs that we can use to help kill off bad bacteria and rebalance things. And, and so there's lots of things we can do. But to stick with fiber, you know, like there's a there's a really good book out there called Fiber Fueled, written by, by Dr. Will Bolsowitz, and he has an acronym, F as in Frank, gold. And so when we're thinking about fiber, F is fruit and fermented. So apples, oranges, berries, think about bananas, fermented foods, so sauerkraut, kimchi, yogurt, the only the caveat I would say about yogurt is watch a lot of those yogurts like in the grocery store. They are not live cultures. There's a boatload of sugar in them. So yogurt, if you're making yogurt at home, that's probably going to be a more reliable bet. Mm-hmm. But kombucha and I, I love like raspberries and blackberries. There's eight grams of fiber per cup. Mm-hmm. Like, you get so much bang for your buck with with these berries. Wow. I mean, unless you really don't like raspberries or blackberries, man, like what any any of us in a sitting, like if you're out picking raspberries, think about in the summer, like, I bet I eat two cups when I'm out there. <laughs> and that's, two, yeah, if it's 25 grams, that's, you know, two cups is almost yeah, two-thirds of it, yeah. That's, yeah, that's 16 grams of fiber. Like, for me, a trick is to put a cup of frozen berries mm-hmm. into my smoothie. Mm-hmm. So so I get lots of extra fiber, which is great. Mm-hmm. And it helps you feel full. Right, okay. So the G is greens and grains. So whole grains and then lots of greens. So kale, collard greens, arugula, spinach, romaine, watercress, chard, kohlrabi. If you have trouble digesting some of those things, which many people do, steaming them will help make them more digestible. Think about steaming. Think about adding lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, those kind of things that acid will help break some of that stuff down so it's easier on your gut. Okay. The O stands for omega-3 superseeds. So this is your flax bread that you mentioned last week, Lee. So flaxseed, chia, hemp seed, those are three really great seeds to include in your diet and for fiber because they also give us omega-3s, which are really helpful. The A in gold is for aromatics. So onions, garlic, leeks, shallot, chives, scallions. So think about herbs. Herbs can... Mm-hmm. Herbs really add a lot of things in addition to flavor to our foods. Right. L is for legumes, so beans, peas, lentils. This would be probably one of those ones that I would say if you're adding in 
this is the one I'd probably be most like go go slow, go slow, go slow. Mm-hmm. And then S is for sulforaphane, and sulforaphanes are our brassica family of vegetables. So broccoli sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale, arugula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and those have multiple in addition to fiber. Those also have some liver uh, support, detoxing, enhancing properties as well. Right. And I I will add that I know someone who has trouble digesting cabbage. So so those can be go easy as you add in too. Absolutely. Like I think about when I talk about fermented foods with patients, like, you know, and if you don't like cabbage, you don't like cabbage, like that's okay, you know, whatever. But you can do, think about like beet, some of those things, but like one brand that you can find often is something called wild brine. Like they have it at Costco. They usually have it at Fred Meyer, but they have sour, a few different sauerkraut. Sometimes they have um, beet and red cabbage kraut. So Hmm. there's different flavors. And when you, when you go to eat those, like, especially if you're starting, if you're adding fermentation, you know, all I would say to start with, like, is like, start with a forkful a day. Like you don't need a bowl. Just start with a forkful. Use some other fibers that you know you can tolerate. If you can eat an apple every day, eat an apple. Better yet, if you can eat raspberries or blackberries, mm-hmm. eat a cup of those every day. Like that will that will help tons. But when you're talking about cabbage and especially some of these sulforaphanes, like people have different issues, like just like a small amount, like really a small amount initially. And over time, you'll probably be able to tolerate more of them. Okay. Wow. A lot to think about here with the fiber, Dr. Jill. Right. So to review again, kind of goals. So we want a minimum of 25 grams a day for a female, 38 for a male. You know, these are government guidelines. So we know that they're really minimal. And this is not about optimal health. This is like, just barely, our government guidelines are just barely to keep you from dying, it seems. Because there's too many influences with the government. So, but yeah, at least 25 for a female, 38 for a male. Okay. And I like that. Consider 14 grams of fiber per thousand calories as a measure. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if you're a very active person, you know, it's like 25 is actually a little low for me. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it really probably is. I mean, we should probably all be shooting for more around 50 grams of fiber a day would be ideal. Mm-hmm. But you have to think about like, you know, think about meal timing, think about what you're doing. Think about what is your baseline. We talked about tracking a little bit. You know, if you're only getting 15 grams of fiber a day, you might not feel great if you all of a sudden add 10 or 15 grams of fiber and double it up. I mean, some people will be fine and be like, oh, okay, that didn't matter. Other people are not going to tolerate that at, at all. And think about, you know, think about these things with activity too. Like, Probably if you're out hiking all day, you know, doing some of these things, like some fiber is good, but, you know, if you're going out for a long bike ride, maybe, you know, an extra 10 grams of fiber right before you leave, that may backfire on you, so to speak. Right. You don't need the fiber for energy for bike riding because it doesn't really provide you much energy. Right. Right. Yeah. So thinking a little bit about timing, but, you know, like I... Like I mentioned last week, like it's a, I think it's a really great idea to actually like track yourself for like a week, just your average diet. Like use Chronometer. There's all kinds of different apps. 
out there that you can track food on that are free. But like track yourself for a week just to get an idea where you are and then like set yourself a goal. Can I get a little bit more in? And then really, if you if you have like the last cholesterol panel that you did, especially if you have high cholesterol, but for any of us, like trying to get our cholesterols down, particularly that APOB, like we spoke about, like add more fiber and then recheck and see what happens. Like you're going to be amazed at how, you know, food is medicine. So how what you're eating really can impact those numbers in such a great way. Mm-hmm. And which is just an indication of how healthy you are, how healthy your heart is and your energy system and your immune system. So just, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food is important. Super important. I, yeah. And you know what, Jill? We've just got like a couple minutes left for this session. We do. Yeah. So let's talk a tiny bit more. You know, I get people asking me about fruit juice sometimes. Oh. And, you know, <laughs> fruit <laughs> You know, most of us that are, I don't know what age we're over, you know, we grew up with the, like, your ideal breakfast should be cereal, toast, I don't know, orange juice and milk. Like, is that what the little picture was on the side of the cereal box? When we talk about fruit versus fruit juice in smoothies, eating fruit is better, clearly, hands down better. The problem with drinking fruit juice is we we get a bolus of sugar. It's not quite as bad as like drinking a can of Coke, but, but in some cases it's not a lot better. It's that fiber in fruits that really helps us in terms of blood sugar. So, so I'm not a super, super huge fan of juice in general. Yeah, because it doesn't have any of the fiber. So the sugar that's in the fruit juice processes real quickly. You get a spike you might as well eat a candy bar or drink a coke or whatever yeah but it doesn't give you the fiber your body also needs that slows the and that also slows the absorption of the sugar right so yeah that's one thing that i would think about you know think about fruit juice i get asked that pretty often or some kids you know like we were kind of taught at some point that that that's helpful you know having fruit juice is better than other beverages we could drink in the morning or whatever, but, but we really have to, I'm not saying don't ever have fruit juice. Of course you can have some fruit juice, but really be mindful of like what you're eating and how much fruit juice you're having and, and that kind of thing. Okay. Because it's, it's a, it's a lot of sugar. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jill. You're welcome. I hope everybody has a great week. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Your health with Dr. Jill. It's a production of Radio Free Palmer, Big Cabbage Radio. If you have any comments or questions, please email manager at radiofreepalmer.org.